Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rap Party, where we dive a little deeper into Sunday's message. Pastor Ray here this week with Pastor Luis. Hey, good morning everyone. He just continued our series, Did You Hear the One About, where we're looking at some of the parables of Jesus. Pastor Luis, great message this morning. Why don't you remind us which parable you talked about and give us a little little insight. Today was the parable of the prodigal son, uh, which is a wonderful story in the gospel uh, that Jesus used to communicate um, what it means to be found when we were lost. And we have three main characters in this story. Uh, the youngest um, son who uh, decided to um, squander all that he had received from the father in living a very sinful life, but then decided after realizing how miserable he was to return to the father. And the father um, showed him love and acceptance, forgiveness, and decided to celebrate his return, which made uh, the oldest son very angry and upset about all this celebration. And uh, so we have a, a really good story here uh, to, um, to especially relate to the Pharisees, their religious leaders, uh, about what it means to join the Father in rejoicing for uh, a sinner that comes home. Yeah, that's really good. I like the context of that. Um, you know, Pastor Brian, last week, he kind of showed us the, the groups of people that Jesus was talking to. And you did much the same today. But you kind of shared how um, some some of them, and maybe uh, the main focus Jesus had in telling the parable was towards the Pharisees, um, who maybe were, um, they were righteous on the outside, but not on the inside. Can you maybe talk about that a little bit, just um, maybe the, an overall um, explanation of what Jesus was really trying to pinpoint for the Pharisees mm-hmm. in telling this parable? Yeah, so as I mentioned in the message in verse 2 of Luke 15, before the three parables are told, um, we we read that um, the Pharisees, the scribes, uh, were criticizing him for eating with sinners and, you know, accepting them for who they were. And uh, Jesus is really wrestling a lot with that, with these religious leaders, because back in the days, these experts in the law were really careful to uh, observe well the torah mm-hmm. and to make sure that no one would break the torah break the, the commands that we find in the torah so in order in order to prevent that from happening they created these extra layers of boundaries mm-hmm. and uh, recommendations to make sure that people would not even have a chance to break anything because it was just so strict right. so we saw clear dis- distinctions uh from you know on on one hand, the outcast, the sinful people, the um, shameful people, and then on the other hand, all these kind of people who are part of the community of God, uh, you know, really good, devout Jewish people. Uh, but Jesus has completely shattered all the categories because he comes in and hangs out with everyone, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the sinners and also the religious leaders. But uh, he is definitely, um, you know, noticing that their heart was not in the right place mm-hmm. because they were not joining Jesus in celebrating sinners being uh, found, sinners being forgiven. Um, and Jesus is wanting to tell them, look, you think that you don't have any sin in your life because you're not touching all these things. Mm-hmm. 
But basically, because you're not really in tune with what the father loves and does, that makes you sinful too. And that's what we see in the, in the story mm-hmm. with the older brother thinking that he had everything and he was, um, he deserved, uh, you know, celebrations. But because he was not rejoicing for what was lost and not found, he was missing out on a real important spiritual lesson that uh, we learn in the gospel. Yeah, and it's really good. And, um, you know, we can really learn from what Jesus is telling us in the parable, because I know myself, I can identify a little bit with the older brother, you know, and, and I think many of us can. Um, one thing that really stood out to me as you were kind of unpacking the idea of the older brother and how he redefines sin and what it means to be lost. Um, you said the phrase uh, that it's an identity issue. Mm-hmm. Can you maybe speak a little bit to um, how how the older brother perceived himself in relationship to the father and then the reality that maybe um, is something that we can really lean into and enjoy as believers, mm-hmm. the same sort of proper relationship with the father. Yeah, correct. Well, I think that whether you were brought up in church or not, uh, we all um, f- can fall in a trap of really basing our own value based on our uh, own performances and we become self-righteous. It's like ba- basically my stability in life, my value, my own personal love. It's all based on what I do or I don't do. And so the older brother is saying to his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you, which is the NIV translation, but the Greek word is really slaving. Um, and so he's seeing himself as a slave. So he, his identity is not right. He's not seeing himself as a son who has you know, the access to the presence of a father, like a good, healthy relationship with love and affection. And uh, because he is seeing himself as a slave, that has a ripple effect on like a lot of different issues. Um, And I think that for us, we we all um, can face that at some point, even in our Christian life, where suddenly uh, Christianity becomes a a do, don't do uh, religion. I do this, therefore I'm good, or I don't do this, therefore I'm not good. Uh, and, and it's really not what it's all about. Like it's yeah. all about being reconciled with the Father through the Son of, through His Son Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And when we understand that, then our identity becomes really the, you know, the, one of our son or daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's liberating because there's no stress, there's no pressure to perform or do anything to earn uh, the love from the Father. We already loved, yeah. and we're already in. It's it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And I, I like to. Um, you see the contrast between the older brother and the younger brother, the prodigal son, um, when he's he's squandered all all his inheritance and he is now a slave to somebody and he's watching the pigs and he's saying, man, I, I wish I just could eat what the pigs eat. I have nothing. Um, but then there's that moment where he repents and he realizes um, his, his position, he realizes his condition, mm-hmm. and then he makes a plan to return to the father. But it's interesting. It's interesting to me that um, the older brother said, I've been slaving for you, so therefore you owe me something. Um, Instead, the younger brother, he's realizing that even the slave, the real slaves that his father has are better off than he is. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of that conviction that we experience uh, before repentance. Can you maybe talk a little bit about repentance, um, the maybe confusion or misunderstanding people have about what repentance is? You said it's... Um, it's not just feeling bad about your sin or feeling mm. sorry for what you've done. There's way more to it. Yeah, I mean, um, 
one of the ways we can describe repentance is re trying to remember when Jesus started his ministry and he said to the Pharisees, you know, um, you know, repent. And basically when he was, you know, being baptized by John the Baptist. Um, and then um, we hear that actually it was John the Baptist who said, you know, just uh, if you have two, um, two coats and share one or so he was giving them like very practical advice on how to demonstrate repentance so repentance is not just this idea of like feelings and emotions because all of us i mean even people who don't know god at some point they feel bad about right. themselves you know but what makes the difference between repentance and just feeling sorry is that it would lead to an action it would lead to a turnaround uh making amends like if for example, to be very practical, let's say you've offended someone and you've hurt them with your words and you're in the, in the secret of your room and you've realized, I've hurt that person. And you say, God, I, I, I feel bad for that. I'm sorry. Well, that's great that you say that. God forgives you, yeah. but it's not repentance. Repentance is coming to find a person saying, I really hurt you. I, I, wanna, I want us to be reconciled. Uh, please forgive me. And uh, how can we be in a better relationship? Yeah. So basically, there's a step forward in trying to really uh, create restoration and, and restore things. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's really what repentance is about. And that's what the younger son really uh, portrayed in this uh, story because he came back to the father. Yeah. He actually walked or ran or I don't know whatever <laughs> method he used. And he had a very specific plan on how to be back in the father's house, even as a slave. But he right. wanted to be back mm -hmm. there. Yeah, that's really good. I'm, I'm thinking... There's, there's a big uh, key here to have a plan, you know. Um, I know there's many things that maybe I, I continuously do, and I continuously go to God and say, God, I'm sorry for this. I did it again. Yeah. I messed up. Please help me, you know. Yeah. Um, but if, if that's all it is, yeah. maybe I'll just keep on in that cycle. Right. And so having a plan, I think, is important. Maybe, um, God, there's this one thing that I keep on doing, Show me how I can avoid that temptation. Show me how I can make a change here or there that will will remind me of um, of the actions you call me to. You know, cool. to to a higher uh, a higher level, a higher purpose. And I think in in doing that, maybe we're a little closer to what actual repentance yeah. is. When we we're not just saying I'm sorry for this thing that yeah. I keep on doing, but I'm sorry for this thing. Forgive me and have a way forward um, to maybe finally break that cycle. And of course, it's, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that, that can bring that healing and that can bring that uh, conviction. But there's something we have to do too, right? We can't just say, oh, I'm sorry, and then the next day do the same thing right. we've been doing. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's, it's really important to, to be specific. Um, yeah, to be very specific. But even when you ask forgiveness for your sins, Sometimes say, God, forgive me of my sins, but can we be a little more specific? Yeah. Uh, I heard once a, a preacher said, you know, one of the first things he asks people when they come forward to receive prayer is like, what do you want to repent of? Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, well, my sin. No, but like, what do you want to repent yeah. of? You know, well, if you ask, then, you know, I've been at work. I've been actually, you know, going in late, but still clocking in, you know, 10 minutes earlier, or, you know, it has to be specific in order to see a change it has to be specific, yeah. you know, so that's important. Yeah, that's good. Um, so turning our attention now to the father in this story, it really is a picture of God and you yeah. shared it's, a, it's about God's extravagant grace yeah. and extravagant love. And yeah. um, there's some other um, 
adjectives you used as well, extravagant, compassion, and hope. Um, I also like the picture that you drew out of God's relentless pursuit for us. Mm -hmm. Can you maybe unpack that a little bit, um, especially as it pertains to the idea you talked about where there's nothing you can do to make God love you Mm -hmm. more and nothing you can do to make God love you less? Yeah, I think that the the father is really so in love for his children. And um, when we understand the context in which the parable was um, told, we know that fathers, first of all, were not runners. Like they would not have long robe. There's like a dignity attached to this whole image of a patriarch. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm home. I'm like I have servants. I have slaves. Why would I run right. outside like this? Like I gotta be make myself a fool. But there's like this pursuit of a son. And one thing I didn't mention, and it's worth mentioning in this podcast too, is um, you know when the when the youngest son said to his father, "Give me my share of iner- inheritance. I'm out of here." It's basically like he said to his father, I wish you were dead right now. Because the only yeah. time he would get you would get your inheritance when your father would pass away. Mm-hmm. But to ask for it earlier than the death of the father is to say, like you you're like dead to me. Like I don't care about you. I just want my money and I'll right. be out of here. But the father was still in pursuit, like still you could see him like uh, I know there were no Porsche before, mm-hmm. but like on the front porch of the house, like when is my son coming home? And then just this this yeah extravagant pursuit of um, of a son was just amazing but also another detail in the story which shows how much he wanted to pursue his children was the fact that he came out of the party to discuss with his right. oldest son i mean my son would do that as like you know what you want to pout like in in real life yeah. my, my children want to pout and they're ungrateful it's like go to your room think about what you're doing but i'm not gonna you know go to your room like this is where you belong for now <laughs> But the father is like, no, I want him to be part of the celebration. I want him in. Yes. He wants everyone in. So if it's like this, yeah, relentless desire, how can I make this right? How can I make sure that everyone is part of a, a feast that's happening here, of the grace of God? And um, so for me, that's a relentless yeah. pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, as, as fathers, uh, <laughs> earthly fathers, there there is a, a difficult balance to figure out between um, – punishing bad behavior or um, allowing our children to suffer consequences for their Mm -hmm. actions, but then at the same time wanting to extend grace, wanting them to be a part of the good and fun things that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so something Danielle and I do, even just uh, yesterday, um, the kids have really been slacking on their chores and stuff. And so we're finally like, um, I know today's our Sabbath when we're supposed to not be working, but your guys' rooms are a wreck. You need to go clean your rooms now. You're spending the rest of the day cleaning your rooms. Um, But then we cut it short, even though their rooms still aren't clean completely. We cut it short so that we can have family time and watch a movie together and stuff like that. So it's it's weird trying to find that balance that works. And each family's different. All kids and all parents are different. but we really should strive to show the same sort of extravagant love that the father shows us. Yeah, I yeah, that's a, such a hard balance. I think it depends on the age too. Like my yeah. kids are very young, you know, six, four, and one. So sometimes my wife and I will turn to each other like, "Well, should we give a grace? We call that a grace." Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, sometimes it really bites us back because we're like, "Well, we should not have some grace here." But there's times where really it is 
it is worth and it's like it's really communicating a lesson to them mm-hmm. like this grace with god too um but uh yeah i mean this also shows like it's so funny last night i was thinking about this this morning my son we had asked our daughter to finish her meal if she wanted to have ice cream right. after she was not finishing her meal and and then our son had like finished his meal so he he got ice cream and then he saw that the daughter still had ice cream although she didn't finish her meal but he didn't know that right. you know we had she had taken some vegetables on the side anyway that's a detail but he was like, that's not fair. Like, why is she getting ice cream when she didn't finish her meal? I finished my meal. Right. <laughs> I was like, that's exactly what the oldest brother is doing. Exactly. Like, that's not fair. Um, so it's interesting how I think that Jesus was really purposefully like wanting to prove something like right. through the story. Like, of course, it's, nothing is fair. Yeah. Like, there's absolutely nothing fair about this story. Um, because even like the youngest son should learn maybe a lesson. Like, hey, you really did something wrong. Why don't you start as a slave and work right, your way right, up? Like, right, this, yeah. show me that you really want to be part of this mm-hmm. thing here. But Jesus is wanting to show, like, you know, God, God's grace doesn't make always sense. Yeah. It's extravagant. It's right. like it goes way beyond our own concepts of what it means to be, you know, belonging to a family or not. You know, so it's yeah. it's. I love that. He's, right. he's really proving a point really well. Yeah. yeah. This thing, you know, God, God has perfect balance in all of that. Yeah. Right. And, and you even mentioned too, in your sermon, um, without Jesus, without the grace of God, um, we would be destined for hell. Um, all of us, no matter what we've done or haven't done in that regard, there's no difference yeah. um, between us. The only difference is faith in Christ, mm. the grace of God. Um, and we can trust him that, Whatever the balance is, whether we need consequences for our actions or he wants to give us this grace we don't deserve, he's perfect. Yeah. He knows exactly how to do it for for what we need, how he's created us to be. And so to me, that gives me gives me hope. Right. Mm-hmm. Is is even when I'm experiencing a tough time, mm-hmm. maybe because of things that I've, I've done that I shouldn't have done, God is still in control and. I know that even through that suffering that I'm experience, experiencing, I'm also experiencing God's grace. Yeah. I've seen it happen in, in, the, in the past. I've seen it happen in friends and families' yeah. lives. And I, I have faith that he'll continue to do that. Cool. And, and I think everyone that's listening, maybe we can lean on that together. Just the goodness of God and his perfect grace that he has for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we can probably end on like the last line I was quoting from the book what's mm-hmm. so amazing about grace which uh what's so amazing about grace which is a great read by philip yancey <clears throat> but he says there is nothing that you can do to make god love you more or there is nothing you can do to make god love yeah. you less and it's really this sentence is summarizing the conditions of both sons mm-hmm. in this story because one needed to learn hey look son like there's nothing you can do that will make me love you more like you you you're in like you're you have access to this relationship with me. You have all the blessings that you have in this house. So don't try hard. Like, don't try harder to earn that. You just need to let yourself be loved by me. That's what the father was trying to tell the older brother. Right. But the youngest son needed to learn. He, I mean, he expected punishment when he came mm-hmm. home. Like, he right. expected, like, the worst at the worst. But he needed to learn, son... I know you've messed up, but there's nothing you can do that will make me love you less. So just come home and be loved again for the way you are. And I think all of us can find ourselves in one of those two characters. And that's the beautiful part of this story. And I I, I think that I want to encourage the audience to 
wherever you are, like between these two characters, just let God's love, yeah. you know, being poured into your life. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Pastor Luis, for your time today and for bringing the message. It was a great sermon. If you guys didn't listen to it, give it a listen. Uh, tune in next week as we continue the series. We'll actually be closing it out next week. Did you hear the one about the Good Samaritan? But for today, that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.